in a time of severe warfare. You may have not noticed it. But that's what's going on in most of your lives. That's why it's so hard to figure out what's going on. And about the time you get a direction, it seems like your world turns upside down. And so you can't figure out what's happening. One of the major jobs of the enemy is to keep us in confusion. Because if he can keep us in confusion, he can limit our faith. And our faith has this power to defeat the devil. Amen. So during this season, there's two things that I feel as pastor that's so important in each of our lives. Number one is that we receive healing, inner healing. There are things that God wants to happen in your life that will never happen with the wounds that you have. And so God is concentrating. Not only is it an enemy assault time, it's also a God-victorious time in our lives that's available. And so concentrate... Don't ignore. Concentrate on those wounds being healed. Those childhood wounds, those teenage wounds, those those wounds that happen through rejection and pain. Concentrate on getting those wounds healed. Because it's hard for God to heal out here when God is not healed in here. And the other thing is deliverance. Because not only has the enemy formed wounds in all of our lives with his expectancy of being able to keep us from the power of the what God has for us, but then he comes along and puts bondages. And so deliverance is so important during this season. What you're not delivered from, you have to be delivered from. And God has the power to set us all free. Amen. So I want you to just think about that in the background of what God's doing in your life. Always know that what I'm believing God for, it may take some healing first. Because wounds keep us from exercising great faith in God. And then others of us, it may take some freedom for us to finally get there. Amen? We're going to talk about the altars. Can I talk about it just for a few minutes here? We're going to talk about the power of the altar. You know, so many times we build a building now, and and that's kind of the way it was. Oh, I wanted to let you know, I have some bell bottoms for sale. You can see from the pictures. (laughs) That's the question I got all week. Where'd you get those bell bottoms? <laughs> but in the but in the process of it, we, we build buildings and then we build an altar. But that's not God's intention. Not only is that not God's intention in a church, that's not God's intention in all of our lives. It's God's intention that we build everything around the altar. That where the altar experience in all of our lives is the major thing that we will not let go of. 
And out of the altar, then we build the rest of our lives. Now, there's so many powerful scriptures. I just want to reminisce here just a quick minute. There must be a personal altar. Somebody say personal. There must be a personal altar in all of our lives. And so, don't let go. One of the major ways to know that you're under an enemy assault, the way you know, the, one of the major ways to know that you're under a spiritual assault, there's more to this than the natural, is because it will be hard for you to keep an altar in your life. And so for you to be able to keep an altar, you're going to have to fight for it. You're going to have to struggle past some things. You're going to have to not let go of some things in your life. You're going to have to hold on to the things that are truly dear to you from God. And so one of the major ways of knowing that you're under spiritual warfare, it will be extremely hard for you to keep the altar in your life. The second way is there will be an extremely amount of a confusion. You have to learn to operate by faith and not by feeling or sight. At the same time, the devil has sent the confusion to destroy you. God wants to use this season to make you and to build your life to where your life can begin to operate on what you believe and what you trust in and not necessarily what you see. But if you will hold faithful to what you believe, God is faithful to you and He will be faithful to His Word and He will be faithful to come through for you. Amen. Now, the altar experience, now, and we certainly don't want to let go of the family altar, and, but I want to quickly talk to you a few minutes about the public altar. It's so important that we have public altars. There must be that that people see me going to the source for. And that's what an altar is. It's a place that I go to when I can't work it out. When I can't figure it out, when I can't find a way, I can't break through in it. It's a place I go to. But what it does, it causes everybody around me to know where my true source is. So when God comes through for you, when God works it out, when the miracle, when the waters roll back, when the mountain begins to move, they'll know that you sought Him and He's the one that delivered you. So don't complain about how bad it is. Just run to the altar every time you have opportunity. Amen. When we were uh, talking about the altars here, really when we was working on the altars here at the church this time, uh, different ones begin to reminisce. Now, the, the altars is vitally important to me. I, I, I got three of the best son-in-laws in all the world at this altar. <laughs> the, I mean, every one of them, including I was thinking about Brian, I was thinking about... Stephen, I think about Mike, how God spoke to your heart about the wives that you're to have at the altar. Literally, your family was given to you at the altar. Lance has had some beautiful experience. I asked Lance to share just a moment or two with you. Would you share what the altar means to you, Lance? So when we were getting ready to work on this altar, I, I, I beat every day, everybody down here one morning, and I, I was just kneeling at the altar, and I was just... The Lord was showing me all the miracles that he gave me. Right there, I met Jesus and accepted him. Yes! Right there, I was freed from the addiction of methamphetamines. This church family stood right here and battled the night that I thought I was losing my kid. 
every time there's been a major battle, I've come to this altar and poured it down at God's feet. And every time he has met me with a victory. Even this morning, this morning, I didn't get up because I'm struggling with something. I got up here because I got a heart cry. Yes, Lord. That God will start a fire yes, and a revival right here on this altar. Yes, and I'm convinced that He is going to do it. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. I don't know what you're struggling with. I don't know what you're battling. I don't know what you're facing. But I'm here to tell you, it's not a mountain when you get down to this altar. It's not a giant when you get down to this altar. You may not understand it. I didn't the first time I walked down here. I just knew there was something different right here. There was something that was, you couldn't touch it, you couldn't see it, but you could feel it. And when the Lord wooed me down here and, and I got into His presence, He said, the biggest thing, the most life-changing thing I've ever heard in my entire life, you are my son. Hallelujah! <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, so much. During the next few weeks, we're going to have... Let me pass this. There you go, Brother Don. So if I make a mistake, you straighten me out with that mic. During the next few weeks, we're going to have people sharing their testimonies, just like Lance did, of when there became altering things in their life that happened at the altar. Now, now let me say again, you've got to have a personal altar. Everybody say a personal altar. There's nothing like a personal altar. You'll gain things in your personal altar you will not gain anywhere else. Then you must have a family altar. If you want to see things change in your family, there's got to be a family altar. All right, and then public altars are so vitally important because that's where we're able to declare and proclaim to the whole world that God is my source. Amen. Praise the Lord. All right, many, uh, many remember this time, and I, I stir up your heart to remember the time that, that, that God did supernatural things at his altar. You know, I, I can't hardly ask anybody else without just thoughts come rolling in. I, I remember right over there what happened to me, and, and I can remember right over there what happened to Brian, and I can remember right over there what happened to various ones, because the altar is the altering place in our life. Amen. All right. Uh, it's a doorway to heaven. The altar becomes the door. God needs a place in all of our lives where that he is able to open up heaven's door. And God uses that altar to be that place that he opens up heaven's door into your life. It's a place of meeting with God. Somebody say meeting with God. There's several things that takes place during the altar. One thing is there is an exchange supernatural strength that takes place. I mean, so many times you can come to an altar and you can be as weakened by, uh, down as can be. You've been in battle. You've been in war. You've been fighting back. And you feel like there's no more strength. But God is able to supernaturally pour strength into our lives. Amen. Now, the Bible says it this way because the altar, there, there's so much in the Bible about it. Uh, and, and the Bible says, let me make me, or says God says, let them make me a sanctuary that I may dwell on them. That's Exodus chapter 25, verse 8. What God is saying to you there, God not only wants to walk to you. What happened in the book of Exodus, God had been walking with people. Throughout the book of Genesis, God walked and he talked. 
I'll tell you what, God wants to dwell. And the altar makes an opportunity for not only to God to walk with you and to talk with you, but an altar makes an opportunity for God to dwell in the midst of your life. Amen? Now, the tabernacle of the wilderness is the greatest uh, it's such a symbolic altar throughout the Bible. And in fact, it's one of the greatest typologies of the whole Bible. As you find out from, because what it is, is a moving altar. And God was showing to his people that he wanted the altar to lead them into everything in their life. They literally put the altar ahead of the children of Israel walking through the promised land. I don't know, honey, what you're walking through, but God wants that altar to go ahead of you and be the lead way to lead you through that circumstance that you're facing. And so God used that, and God gave such a powerful typology. Fifty chapters in the Bible are given to this typology where God is showing what He wants to do in the midst of the altar. Now, you find you find Jesus right in the center of the altar. You can find grace right in the center of the altar. You find righteousness right in the center of the altar. But fifty chapters in the Bible were dedicated to preparing an altar to call the tabernacle of Moses. But not only was it the tabernacle of Moses, throughout the scripture, God used this typology. He used this symbolism to help us see how I can get closer to God. They called it the tabernacle of David, tabernacle of Moses, the temple of Solomon, the Zerubbabel's temple, the temple of Herod, the temple of uh, Ezekiel's vision, the temple which which is the body of Christ. I mean, God used this type of typology throughout scriptures to try to teach us how he wanted us to be able to build an altar and out of that altar we could come away with the dwelling presence of God in our life. Amen. Now, the Bible says in Revelation chapter 21, it says, And I heard a loud voice. I heard a loud voice from heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle or the altar of God is with men. And he will dwell with them, and they shall be his people. In the, in the, uh, in the tabernacle of Moses, where tabernacle of Moses or tabernacle of David, in the typology, there was three doorways. And God speaking to our heart that you can sit and want to be close to God all day long. But you're going to have to go through a doorway if you're going to really move your life into a close place with God. There's two things that the altar offers us. The first is the offering of righteousness, which he gives me. So, I mean, I can't outdo Jesus. I cannot outdo the cross. And what Jesus bought on that cross is bought and paid for, and there's no way that I can ever pay God back for what he did on that cross. Amen. But there's two typologies. Not only is there what God gave me, but also in the picture of the cross is what righteousness lives through me. Now, what Jesus did for me writes my name down in heaven. It gets me prepared to go to heaven. But now what righteousness is able to do through me is causes the closeness of God to come into my life. If you want to be close to God, it's going to take putting a sacrifice on the altar. That what Jesus did in putting himself on the altar to be able to freely give us. Now God says, if you will surrender yourself to me on that altar, I will bring you into such a close place with me. God's offering us himself. God says, come to me. 
Come to me. And so God is offering us the ability or the power to be able to lay ourselves. Now, there, uh, in those three doorways, there was this outer court uh, that was the first doorway in the presence of God. Now, on, in that outer court, there was two things that was majorly important. One thing was sacrifice. Man, it's a place that talked about dying because that's what it literally means, altar. It means a place of sacrifice, a place of death. There's things, if I want to be close to God, there is things in me that must die. I must be willing to bring myself and put myself on that altar of God. But if I'm willing... to put myself on that altar of God, then God is willing to exchange my weaknesses for His strength. And what I could not do literally becomes a power of God to do through me. Now, let me say again, I'm not talking about being right with God. I'm talking about being close to God. What Jesus did for you, you can never compete with, honey. There's no need of trying. There's no, what Jesus did for you, what He gave you freely, He gave you forgiveness. He put your name down in heaven. He prepared heaven as your home. That's what He has given to you freely. But what Jesus wants to do is through you, it's going to bring us to that close place with God. Amen. So the Lord said this. He said in John, He said, I am the gate. I'm that door. He said, man, I'm the door. I'm the way you get in. Now, right inside, like I said, the outer court, the first door, right inside, it was this bronze altar. Now, on that bronze altar, it spoke of, it was, uh, it did not smell good because dying things don't smell good. And, and when they began to prepare sacrifice, I'm going to tell you what, there are things in your life and there's things in my life that God is offering me the opportunity. If I am willing, and that's why a lot of people have come to the altar before and they've walked away disappointed because they wasn't willing to bring and sacrifice to God. If you want a close place with God, you've got to be willing to lay up on that altar that which God desires for you to surrender to him. But if I'm willing to surrender it to God, then God is willing to consume my sacrifice and replace it with his power. Amen. Bronze altar. Out of court. Uh, altar is a place where we encounter God. Somebody say encounter God. An altar is a place where where, the, where my gift is made sacred. What is profane? What, what I can't do, what I can't do, I can lay it on that altar, and that altar it is made into a sacred. All right? And then another thing, it's a, place, it's a place of forgiveness. I don't know about you. Somebody says, well, well Jesus Christ has already forgiven. Let me tell you, Jesus Christ has already forgiven us for every sin. But my willingness to bring to Him and my willingness to confess my sin to Him, my willingness to, to know that I want to live like Jesus. I tell you, you can tell Jesus that walks like Jesus, smells like Jesus, and talks like Jesus. And if it don't smell like Jesus and talk like Jesus and walk like Jesus, it's probably not Jesus. But God offers me the wonderful opportunity that I can bring myself in those areas of my life that God's whole by His Holy Spirit's been dealing with me. If I am willing to lay it on that altar, because there's another thing that's so important about the altar. Sacrifice is my part, the part that I bring to God. What God's part is, is the fire. I don't know about you, but there's not a thing in my life that the fire of God will not be able to take care of. 
I tell you, when God answers by fire, the Bible says, it's my part to bring my sacrifice. It's God's part to consume it with His fire. And it's my part to be willing to lay down and surrender parts of my life. But it's God's part to come with His power and His fire and to do what only God can do. If you're wanting a super, I tell you, I think I'm going to kind of stop right here. Because, but if you want a supernatural move of God in your life, don't go away disappointed. Know this, there's nothing in my life that's worth losing this supernatural move from God. And so be willing to lay down whatever it is, whatever it takes, whatever it is to put it on that altar of God. The Bible says some things even have to be tied to the altar. And sometimes our flesh don't want to yield to God. Sometimes our flesh will scream. But if we're willing to bring to God and to surrender it on that altar and to tie it with the cords of God, tie it to that altar and say, I'm not going to let go until this thing changes, until this thing is surrendered. Then God says, I will come and I'll consume it by my fire. Let me say again. If not, I'm not talking about being right with God. We can't compete with Jesus, honey. He's already done it. He's done it well, and He has taken care of it right. Uh, we can't compete with Him. But what Jesus is asking me to do is to come close to Him. There's nothing in my life because one of the last things I want to mention to you that the altar does, it will alter everything in your life. It will alter your family. It will alter your health. It will alter your circumstances. The altar has the power to change and to alter everything in my life. Whatever it is that needs to be changed. If I am willing to surrender it to the Lord at that altar, then God is willing to alter it in my life for His glory. We call it the great exchange. That's what we call the altar. Because in the altar, my weakness is exchanged for His power. My weakness is exchanged. Stephen, where are you? If you would, help me there. Okay, go right ahead, brother. Yes. That because in... My life, there's truly so many things. And God is using the very thing that I desperately need to help me to be motivated to bring that to Him as an altar. And the wonderful thing about it is What I could not rid my life of, God's fire can consume it. God's fire can consume it. So I just want to leave us with that moment of thinking. What is it in my life that needs to be changed? What is it that needs to be altered? What is it? Could it be my family? That I've tried and struggled and tried all that I could be. And and Andy, that's what I was talking about happened to me right there about where you're sitting. There was a situation in my family I could not control. It had my life. I could not make it happen. I could not get it to work. I tried for years. But right there about where you're sitting, God dealt with me. 
And God made me an altar there. And God said, Jerry, if you're willing, I'm willing. (laughs) If you're willing, I'm willing. And there, I took my death, all all that stuff that stinks in my life, that that sounds like death, feels like death, that was really going to bring death. I put it on that altar right over there that night. And God came. And God exchanged. Somebody say the great exchange. Great. And God exchanged my weakness for his power. So I don't know what it is you may be struggling with. But God can help you. God can turn it around. <laughs> oh, yes, he can. God can turn it around. God can do that. God can change it. God can change it. God can change it. God can change it. Somebody says, Jerry, I don't know how to work things out in my family. I, Jerry, I don't know how to bring the healing that I desperately need inside. I, I don't know. I don't know how to win this thing, Jerry. God does. God does. That's why one of the strongest, the strongest concepts of the Bible is the altar. Bringing it to the altar. Surrendering my weakness. Surrendering my difficulty. Surrendering my problem. There at that altar. What I cannot do, God can do. Now somebody says, well, an altar is not a physical thing. Truly it's not. (laughs) My personal altar, my personal altar may be in my car. It may be wherever it may. And truly my family altar, what Elaine and I use for our family altar is a communion cup and a a small token of bread that we gather around that communion. And as we take it, then it empowers us. But a public altar is that so that everyone can know that you're needing God. (laughs) And what that does to our pride, it just crushes it. The very thing that's holding us from God, it just crushes it. But that's what all public altars are. It's so everybody can know how much I need God so when God works it out that they will know it was God that worked it out for the glory of God amen so would you stand with me just a quick minute Lord we just wait in your presence does anybody need some exchange here today does anybody need some weakness that needs to be changed for some strength is there some, somebody that just needs God to just turn around something in your life that you can't turn around? I challenge you. I, I challenge you to the cross of Jesus. I challenge you to the altar of God. Is, is there anybody that just needs some things, to, some strength 
to replace your weakness. And, and some are discouraged here today. And, and some are fighting frustration. And, and God says, if there's anybody here that just, that's just willing to exchange that with me, if you will bring me that weakness, God says, I will give you my strength. And my I will be a God that answers you by fire. I will be a God that answers you by power. I will be a God, he says. Amen. Anyone else want to join these? Come on, if it is. Anyone else want to bring your weakness to the Lord? Want to bring your weakness to the Lord? Want to bring your trial to the Lord? Want to bring, want to bring what you can't change to the Lord? Is there anyone else? Come on. If anybody else, we just want to. I tell you, there's room at the altar for everybody. That's what the that's what the song says. There's room at the altar for everyone. There's room at the altar for me. Praise God. Stephen, this is our closing prayer. These are our moments, though, that are so important. These are the moments, Stephen, that we've been waiting for for a year and a half to be able to get back in here. This is the thing that we've been willing to do what it takes to get back in here to make an altar for the Lord. At this old place right now, you make an altar. But I believe God is going to answer by fire that you will always know it was there at that place that God changed my life. It was there at that place that God turned it around. So whatever it is, you go ahead and give it to the Lord during this song. You go ahead and give it to God and then you receive by faith the power of God into that situation. Amen. Oh, yes, Lord. I'm going to the Father, the soul and the praise. I'm done with the heart and these arms and wings. One needs a surgeon, the soul needs a friend. So I run to the Father again and again and again and again. Father, I fall into grace. I'm done with 